A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Those are the sweet strains of the Yubnub Ewok song, celebrating the victory of the Battle of Endor in the third of the three original Star Wars trilogy films and the subject of today's episode, Return of the Jedi. My name is Matt Gorley. This is I Was There Too, the show where I talk to people present in the great scenes of cinema history. Today, my guest is none other than an Ewok. No, I think up to seven Ewoks, as a matter of fact, most notably... The Ewoks Chubre and Paplu. And though maybe there are four people tops out there that don't know exactly which Ewoks they were, Chubre was the guy that operated the catapult, and Paplu was the famous hero Ewok that stole the speeder bikes away from the biker scouts so the rebels could get into the shield bunker and place their charges, thus bringing down the second Death Star. He's a hero to all. His name is Kevin Thompson, and more than anything, I think he firmly makes the case that the Ewoks and the actors who played them were the real badasses of the Star Wars universe. Kevin himself acknowledges the occasional disdain for Ewoks, and even Return of the Jedi in general sometimes as the weaker of the three films. But I have to say that I personally, I don't fall into that category. I've mentioned before that this film came out when I was 10 years old, and I've kind of allowed it to be grandfathered in before I discovered any kind of critical eye for films it still just fills me with joy i love all three films but this one does hold a special place in my heart these three episodes have been a blast and i hope to revisit some more star wars before too long because i can't get enough okay here we go yep the film return of the jedi the year 1983 the rose Chubray the Ewok and Paplu the Ewok. The actor, Kevin Thompson. Kevin Thompson, welcome to I Was There Too. I want you to bear with me for a second. I'm going to take you down a train of thought that I think is going to end in your favor here. Now, just answer me this. You, yub, yub. Okay. <laughs> Already we're off to a good start. Alrighty. You played Chubray the Ewok in Return of the Jedi as well as uh, Paplu the Ewok at a very pivotal moment when he swings from the speeder bike after stealing it from the biker scouts on Endor, correct? Correct, Amundo. Okay. Now, this is my contention that okay. it's, it's that very act of stealing those bikes and getting those biker scouts away so that the rebels can blow up the shield generator, which in turn blows up the Death Star, which brings down the fall, the entire empire. Basically, in, um, Luke Skywalker has me to thank, yes. That's where I'm heading with this. You, yes, you could be the hero of the rebels. Yeah. 
Exactly. I, I agree with that. And I, and I wish more people would tell George Lucas that because, yes, that I am. Everybody sits there and thinks it's Han Solo, you know, that. And he gets all the freaking movies. But me? No. I have to go off and play some other alien creature. It's the real heroes that are the, you know, the unthanked. They walk around day to day. They carry that honor with them. But silent. The, me, me playing the Ewoks, you've had these people who have been so anti-Ewok around, around the intergalactic uh, Star Wars globe, which. And then I come to um, the celebrations and the true fans who know, you know, like yourself, they know, who yeah. know that it was the Ewoks who, you know, they, we were the scourge to the stormtroopers because we used to have them over for barbecues. They just never left. <laughs> so we need to bar- rewrite many, history. I, many I, parts of a stormtrooper are edible. I, <laughs> what's the best? Oh, uh, you know, legs and thighs. If, so if I was going to sit down for my first Stormtrooper meal. Yes. Well, you got to crack the hard shell like a lobster. Is that kind uh, of the deal? Exactly. You know, I'm kind of a dark meat type of guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like the legs. Okay. All yeah. right, I'm in. I, I'm waiting yeah. for my dinner invitation. Okay, no problem. Okay. All right. Next time we have one, we'll come on over. Okay, well, thank you for being here. What, am I leaving now? No, we're done. Wow, that was See quick. You. Thanks. You answered, you answered the question I needed uh, to know. I'm going to get your head on right, a coin. All right, I'll go, uh, go get, get, uh, get my car. I'm, uh, <laughs> How much of a Star Wars? My speeder Wars? bike is uh, double barked. Oh, I wish. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I saw those. You know, when, when we first got there, we saw those, and they were doing the stunts with the, with the guys falling off them, and uh, Dickie, Julius, and uh, Mike were doing those, and Larry were doing those types of stunts of running into the things and all that. And we're, uh, I'm looking at that going, oh, that's cool. And we had no idea what they were going to do. Yeah. It's just the look of them. Right, I was just yeah. Like, that's cool. Because I was a Star Wars nerd when I got the part. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you I were was quite a, a fan. Star- so what was, oh. what was your feeling when you were first told you were going to do this film? That must have been amazing, right? My pants were moving. <laughs> You know, it was, it was, I was, I remember, you know, Star Wars, I came out, I was, a shoot, I was, I was doing my lasers with the lights to everybody, and they're going, <laughs> you know, and then uh, when uh, Empire came out, I'm standing there going, no, it's not over. My friend's going, dude, it's over. It's like, no, no, it's not over. Clearly. The credits yeah. are rolling. It's like, how can it be over? So when the audition came up for the um, stunt guys, I was only 22 years old. I, was I had, done, ask, I had yeah. done a couple of things, and I just had a audition to beat the band. Uh, the J.R. Randall, who was the stunt coordinator, uh, had asked me to do that. He was really interested because I'm a, I was a street mime, and he was like, "Oh, you're where a mime. were you doing that?" And I was uh, I was at Pasadena City College, and I was like the star student. And my teacher had a little group, and he said, well, let's go. We go out and do street mime. And it, we actually, you throw out the hat, and you're doing, we're doing little things. We had no, we had no uh, microphone. We would just kind of yell, this guy, <laughs> Bill Jones, will be Wait, doing you're a mime thing. and you're yelling? Well, you got to tell him what you're going to do. Fair enough. Okay. You know, it was yeah. somebody off the, the guy who was going to do it is not doing, you know, he's not talking gotcha. now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're doing talking mimes. <laughs> no. Uh, and so I w- we would do around town. We would just do you know you make you make five bucks basically. Yeah. Like whoa, <laughs> you know all in quarters. You know so you got your laundry for the week. And so it's that was doing that, and he was really interested in that. So he goes and says, "Can you do like a half monkey, half bear?" And I was like, well, "Yeah, okay." And I started doing that around. And he goes. Well, now walk around and doing that. So I started doing that and started becoming a more of a character and doing that. This so is the audition you're talking about? This is the audition. And so they're not telling you exactly what no, you no. would be playing. They oh, just no, want not to see what all. you can do. Okay, right. yeah. And it was like, it's, it's, they didn't say what it was. They said it was Blue Harvest. Yeah. Then, and that's the first time we had heard that. They, they weren't saying that it was Jedi because he was very, very secretive about that, especially for the people who would try out and then not get it. And then they're going to go off and tell, you know, the National Enquirer, yeah, you know what they're going to do. And, you know, they didn't want it, that to be out there at all. I should mention that Blue Harvest was, was the name that this film shot under, and it had this slogan, Horror, Horror Beyond, Beyond Imagination. Imagination. Why? Because we never imagined it. And they say that they shot under that. 
that. Oh, I had shirts name. and hats. Really? Oh, do yeah. You, to this day, do you still? I uh, do, too. Oh, that's nice to have. Yeah. That's good. That's I don't know where it is, but it's, it's somewhere in the house. They shot it so that people wouldn't buy them on set, but also that they could get cheaper rates on locations because they knew people would milk them for money if it was Return of the Jedi or Revenge right. of the Jedi at that time, right? I mean, it was Revenge of the Jedi, yeah. right. Okay. Time. So you're at the audition. You're acting I'm just, like— I'm going crazy. The guy's like— is I'm he's throwing things at me left and right of like an improv, so it's an improv, and I'm rolling around because I'm 22 and I'm able to do also. I was a, I'm a I was a high school gymnast. I was a, a high school wrestler. I played on a team which now, excuse me, has a we have a documentary out called the Hollywood Shorties, and we're it's uh, playing the festivals right now. We're the smallest professional basketball team in the world. I was like the metal arc lemon of the team. I was the nu- <laughs> I was a knucklehead. I would do all sorts of different things. So rolling around on on a mat, I mean on no mat on a plain floor was no problem to me. I've done it doing that on the basketball court, and so he was really impressed with that type of thing. And so there was four of us that got the, that. Uh, were the uh, stunt guys that got to go, and we we're going to go to England to um, just change up the outfits just a little bit to um, just make them hybrid, so we could do it, do stunts and things like that. And they said, "What can you do?" Because they really wanted a lot of stuff. J.R. Randall was the uh, stunt coordinator for like Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. so he had done. He wanted some. He wanted a lot of stuff. What we could do, and and so I I was the fourth guy. There were the other three guys were. All uh, Felix Silla, Jimmy Briscoe, and um, uh, Bobby Porter. But Jimmy Briscoe and Bobby Porter both got other uh, projects. So now all of a sudden it's Felix and myself. And Felix was an older. I'm younger than me at this time, but at that time he was. A, he was. He had 20 years on me. So I was still full of energy and all this. You're so the young buck. I was the yeah. young buck. And so the cock of the they walk. Was, exactly. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, no problem. And. So whenever they, you know, whenever they throw something, I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'll be there. Yep, sure, I'll do that. And so I became the number one stunt guy. I was, you know, I was basically in of the battle scenes. I'm not in any of the uh, village stuff. Because that, that was shot in the UK, right? In yeah, the it was studio, only seven right? days. All yeah. you know, seven days. Bing, bang, they're done. We were there like for seven weeks. Right. We're of doing our types of things. Um, we're going to run around with explosions. We're up in the trees. We're, uh, you know, chasing each other. We're, uh, you know, we're being hit by Furnace Gigantus, which are basically ferns that are gigantic, you know. And they would, you, we'd, you'd run into these things, and they're six feet tall. And you go, boom, and it's like a, basically a, a, a Three Stooges guy just goes zing, and it brings it back. <laughs> Those two that left, was it still that they didn't know that they were shooting a Star Wars film and they, they thought they knew it was Star Wars oh, film. They did one at that one point. guy got a one guy uh received, was going to stunt coordinate his first movie. Oh, okay. And so that's a big jump. Yeah. And then he became a stunt coordinator after that. And then the other guy got a um was in a the lead of an Italian f- film, which not really. I don't know if he's ever seen it yet. Oh well, no. Yeah, it's too bad. Him, it's like, but it was the judgment. lead. You know what? I would have probably done the same thing. Really? You know, it's the lead, oh, the lead. in a okay. movie, and but you didn't know that it's never going to be seen. You know? Yeah. I think he finally got a DVD copy, and he saw it like six months ago or something like that. <laughs> so thirty years later, he finally like, "Hey, look! I was a pretty look, good-looking guy then." <laughs> uh, okay, so as Chub right now. You were telling me this right before we recorded. You also swing with Chewbacca to the Scout Walker, to right. that Chicken Walker, right? And then they switch out the Ewoks when they go in there. You were saying, yeah. There's that. two. There's that. where there was two guys that uh, myself and another guy were running with Chewbacca, and he says, like the director goes, "All right, you see a, a Chicken Walker in the distance, and now no, we're running off." And it's like, "All right," and then we find out that. This whole this stuff is no. Then we uh, swing over onto the um, onto the top of the chicken walker, and then we do the stunt of pulling the guy out and uh, pulling him out, throwing him down, and then they cut to ILM. So uh, the buddy and me are going. We're going to ILM. Yeah, We're yeah. getting out of yeah. Crescent City. You yeah. know the little podunk town. Nothing against Poda, you know, that town. It was great, but we're going to go to San Francisco yeah. for a week to shoot this. Oh, well, we weren't. We it didn't get up, to go. Who's they that? Who's in there? Tebow, they, that motherfucker? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, he took your part. Well, he took my part. He went there. I realized they needed a lot more running around. They, they took three guys. 
or two gals and a guy down there to do our stunts down there, but because we were too valuable to be up in the at the at the other location of running around and doing stuff because we would run, we would basically there was a lot of running scenes and running scenes of it was just Ewoks running and running, and then they edited it down from that to what is it actually a ten minute um, piece that we're actually in, mm-hmm. but. That we're running from stormtroopers. We're running from chicken walkers. We're running from, you know, this and that and there. We're running to get them. We're run- you know, a lot after after lunch, a lot of guys were like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> well, there was a <laughs> well, revolt, you've gotta, right? You have a the, you have a some of these guys have inseams, you know, seven inches big, and you put an outfit. The outfit consisted of a fat suit. Well, first we had baby blue pajamas that we put on. And then I it was a fat shoot. Yeah, I had a lot of testosterone running with those baby blue pajamas. Um, but the, the fat suit was basically uh, three pieces. It was two, like pork, a pork chop piece that went on each leg and went down to your ankle. And then there was a fat suit that went over it when your arms were all, it was all pieced together, kind of like a football uh-huh. outfit. And then you put the fur, fur coat over that. Then you have latex gloves and latex feet and then a latex mask. So immediately the eyes, the plastic eyes, would, would fog up. Oh. So you have to look where you're going at, at this whole thing of where, um, you know, where what is my geography of where everything is. And so then um, if you didn't do that, you would run into each other. You would run into the thing. You could run off a cliff. You know, there's a lot. It could be very dangerous. You could run into a light. There's mortars that are being exploded. Right. So there was a lot of dangerous things going on. And there was only four stunt guys. There, they brought in two more stunt guys, three three more stunt guys and um, to cover the the other two that they had lost. But then a lot of those extras were doing a lot of work that was very so-called not quite a stunt, but we'll give you 20 bucks. Uh, And so, and then they were working long hours. And so when they looked at their paychecks, these guys went, hey, where's my overtime? Because they were, they thought they were working overtime. They said, oh no, you signed a day contract. And it's like, what do you mean a day contract? And it's eight hours in a day, then it's overtime. It's like, no, no, no. It's a 12-hour day. They were, and they're like, what's going on here? It's like, that's, you, that's the contract. And these guys were, were like, they were, sa- they were film savvy. All, these, most these, all the little people knew each other. We had worked on a, another movie called Under the Rainbow. Right, with Carrie Fisher. Right. Yeah. And so we knew each other, so everybody ganged together and said, you know what, they need us more than we need them. And nobody could hold out on that. Nobody could sit there and say they're going to be the one guy to say, look, I'm better. So everybody got together, and um, we'd, we'd planned this, uh, and we came in much earlier. We snuck into the dressing rooms. So when, the, when we came every day on a, on a bus, and so they would come in and uh, see us and wave and all this. And so this time, there was nobody on the bus. And they're like, well, where'd they go? And they said, we went to the airport. We're done. We're not getting overtime. You know, see you guys later. And so they're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, and, we, and it was all Ewoks. All the, the heroes had gone home. And it was just going to be all the Ewoks for the next five weeks. And they're like, uh, what do you mean? It's like, you know, they said they're mad. They're, you guys, you're treating them, you're... We weren't being treated that well. I was because I was a, I was a union stunt performer. I was on the other foot. I was I felt for for my guys, but it's like and then then again I'm getting paid much more than they are because I'm on a union contract, and they all know that. Mm-hmm. They all know they they everybody had been union before, but on this they were not. They were being long union extras, so you don't have a lot of pull for that. Right. But when you pull together, just like in A Bug's Life, all the ants pull together, or Bug's Life or Ants Farm, whatever those one of those movies. Well, they, oh, the little guys, they once, unionized on set. We unionized yeah. right then on set, and so when they ran off to go run to the airport, we all jumped out of the um, dressing rooms and said, Revenge of the Ewoks. We had T-shirts and <laughs> Revenge of the Ewoks. And they're like... Ah, we said, yeah, we got you right here. We got you right here. We know it. We know what you're doing. We're not stupid. Did they change it? Then? Oh yeah, they changed oh, quite a bit. They guys. they gave us they gave the the guys overtime. Um, under, yeah, they gave them overtime. They started realizing, can you know, do you need some rest time? This 
But for me, I didn't get a break. I even had to work harder now uh-huh. because now it was they were getting breaks, but we still had so many pieces of the puzzle to uh, film. And so I was still having to film this, all this stuff. So when, if those guys were tired, we, were, we didn't have time to be tired. Right. And uh, watching the average size stunt guys who played the stormtroopers and the, it was funny. Sometimes they played the stormtroopers and played play the rebels, and they're never being tired. And so I'm in their boat saying, "Okay, if they keep doing it and they're not getting hurt, those guys were getting blown up and thrown right. around all over the place." And it's like, "Okay, get back up and all right. If you show that you're hurt, you're going home. Uh-huh. You're not going to making any more stunt adjustments." But if you're, you know, you get up and you're like, I'll be, I can, I have plenty of time to be hurt when I go back to the, the motel. Right. You know. How precarious was it? You're in this costume that you described and there are pyrotechnics going off and um, did you ever have any close calls or anything oh, like that? Oh, plenty of close calls. What day didn't I have a close call? That bad. You know, huh? well, it's not that bad. It's just you're working out in the woods and you're doing stunts. I mean, you're trying to stay safe. A good day is everybody goes home. Uh Alive. That's mm-hmm. a good day. We had all good days. <laughs> great days, really. Yeah, those are great days. Those are, I mean, in, in the land of stunts, to go home and everybody is alive, that's a good day. Uh-huh. And you have to remember that. People are, oh, yeah, I'm a stunt guy. It's like, you don't realize that until, you know, it's like uh, Walter White saying, you know, I, I can sell, you know, drugs and not realizing once you've crossed over into that, it's a different world. And the stunt guy world is. You want to stay safe, and can't, somebody can say, I can do that, but if you can't do that, you can make everybody else not safe. Uh, and the guys are running, uh, we would run a zigzag as we're running from the so-called chicken walkers. When we run five steps, and there's a mortar standing there, and then we'd, we'd, we'd turn a 45-degree angle and run about 10 steps, and... There's another mortar there, and so we we do another 45 degree angle, and then we run uh, another you know 10 steps, and the mortar's there. So it's like boom, you know, it's all choreographed, boom, boom, boom. The last guy usually dies. So the, the easy one is being the the last guy and the first thing, boom, you're dead. You, you know, all right, boom, I'm laying down until the <laughs> until the thing. The toughest one is the bet the first guy because not only does he have to lead the charge, he's running the whole gambit, and then we're going to take two. It's like son of a gun. <laughs> I'm doing it again, you know, so let's do it again. <laughs> How yeah. did you shoot things like swinging off the speeder bike? Speeder bike was, um, it was new because I didn't realize what I was going to be doing. But they the, they yanked me up uh, under, onto a uh, tree, and the camera was pointing, the point of view was it was pointing down towards the ground, if you remember the shot. Yeah. And I come up there, and they, they, I'm on a harness, and they bring me up on a, what is called a, um, uh, what's the type of hook? It's um, a pelican hook that can be a quick-release hook. Oh. And they pull me up onto this, so I'm set there, and they set the, the focus right there, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting back um, onto the swing. And so when they release me, it's kind of like a roller coaster, and you're just going straight down. And, but you have to use your legs to make it look like you're in the opposite way of like, remember those like picture books? Yeah, the you flip know, books. Yeah, the flip books. Uh-huh. And then you flip it backwards. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm flipping it backwards. I have to make like I'm swinging onto a branch. Because they're shooting in reverse? Is they're shooting in I reverse. See, yeah. They're shooting at that. I forgot that. They're shooting in reverse. <laughs> There's a big. <laughs> Just I got a small you. detail that you, you forgot. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Because we're going to shoot it in reverse. <laughs> so I swing back, backwards like that. The first take I didn't, uh, it was just when they did the pelican hook, it was like, ah! I'm sure you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've never been that. Okay, let's do that again, Gov. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I know what we're doing. All right, this will be fun now. You know, so you get to do it again. And we did it two times and then we're done. We move on. And so that was just uh, so it's like I just grabbed this, the the rope and then I'm come swinging back up into that um, that uh, money shot of just coming right back yeah. up and I had done the 
I had stolen the the whole thing. It's it's funny. It's it's first. It's um, Kenny Baker goes running, playing Paplu, running off to go steal it. Then it's Tony Cox who rides the whole dang thing uh, from Bad Santa. He rides oh, right, on that. Yeah. yeah, he's the one that went down to ILM. He's the one that told us all about San Francisco. Well, he's the one that we had to take to the to the back to beat up because he was, you know, <laughs> and he's strong and he beat us all up. You know, it's like, <laughs> you got to go to San Francisco. Yeah, get away from me, man! <laughs> Boom. So <sighs> Paplu in that sequence is played by three people. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I can't tell you how much Star Wars has factored into my life. I'm sure you've heard that many times, but I remember this no, very never. M- <laughs> never. You know, first guy. <laughs> but I remember this movie sitting there in the theater, and I remember that very moment. And it's in a you know, in a, it's really interesting to have you here to tell me that side of it and that perspective and what a strange like just personally what a full circle thing that is for me it's really a pleasure oh good i'm glad you're uh, glad you're happy i'm glad your pants are moving they, oh boy <laughs> that's a good thing this table the first in. time you see me though i do that long swing into the village yes uh, at night at night we've got all the heroes on yes. sticks. we're gonna take and- a quick break and then i want to hear all about this oh okay we're gonna sell something that's right here with kevin thompson single-handedly responsible for bringing down the empire let's keep that alive that's me you're swinging into the village bright tree village as i'm told it's called now it's called yeah yeah. bright tree village i don't know i would have named a little bit different place right but you know bright tree village what would you call that i mean it seems like it should be named something in iwakis yeah exactly you know something a little bit tougher type of neighbor neighborhood yeah you know like compton so what was it like shooting that swinging scene? This is right when everybody's all the rebels are brought to the the Ewok village and we see these wide shots and a lot of it's a matte painting too, mm-hmm. right? So you shot that in the forest and then they did right. some post production on it? I was uh told it's my name was crackled over a, a walkie-talkie and I was at another location and I come zooming over in the jeep. They they pile us in a jeep kind of like uh Vietnam, we all pile in on the door like World War II. Yeah. We're just all sitting all over a Jeep and it's going... Because <laughs> we, we filmed actually at a logging um, uh, property that right. was going to log it later on. Some of the stormtroopers and rebels were actually loggers and oh, lumberjacks, out of, right? out of work lumberjacks, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so they were... Because at that time, the housing market was a little down, so... They were they weren't working, and so they were perfect. They were in shape, and they were you know they were running around. Those that's guys, why they all have beards. All those rebels have exactly. beards. Yeah. A lot of those guys have beards. Yeah, they look like lumberjacks. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, they weren't wearing women's clothing. <laughs> you got that too. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it we were, were Bright Tree Village was not there when I was swinging into it. And I come in, and all the Ewoks were already set and ready to. Um, they had everything there. It was like they were waiting for me, and there was this huge crane, you know, this big, you know, sixty foot crane that they had. I don't know how they got it there, but it's sitting there over a vast valley of dead trees. All these dead trees with it looked like an orchard of dead trees. So oh. it's all this. All this, you know, gnarly, almost looking like uh, Dr. Seuss type of thing <laughs> looking out there. It's, you know, the wasteland. It was like, so who's doing this? And it's like, <laughs> uh, you are. It's like, oh, okay. Here's your pelican. Oh, book. this, yeah, this was, I got hooked on a, uh, a, a harness on that one because they didn't want me slipping off and uh being impaled, I by guess a tree. that makes a certain amount of the, sense. The craziest thing was where we had a little. The only thing that looked made it look like an Ewok village was there was this little bridge, like almost like a half a, not even half a bridge, almost like a, a step out, and it made it look like Ewok um, with, with posts and you know chopped and sharp little pieces of wood. So as I as I swung out, that was cool. Just swinging out over the village, and they said, "Bring your legs up like you're going to bring you know like you're going to land on the edge or other side of the uh, village." I don't know how the other guys are going to get there because if I'm swinging there, yeah, really, you know, it's one of those. Oh, I wonder how we got everybody else over Cut there. Cut to yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Cut to let's boiling water, kind of like the Bugs Bunny boiling water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, it was the it was the time coming back because you're, I'm coming I'm flying back backwards I'm completely blind, and I have to come back and I'm remembering on my swing back that 
there are sharp posts where I took off. Freshly hacked. Freshly hacked. Oh, they were, you know, the, the, the prop guys are very good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on this. And they looked like the, the Ewoks had, had um, carved it. You know, we were fine uh, woodsmen. And I was like, I'm swinging back, but it's like I can't really move because I have to trust the crane operator to swing me back into that little area. And that area is only probably less than this wide, which I'm putting out about, yeah, about three, four feet. And so this guy was, I don't remember his name. I I wish I do. I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but he was excellent. And he brought me right back into that. And the, the other stunt guy was spotting me, just boom, brought me back. And it was like, you sat there and it's like, okay, well, let's do that again. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) How many times the swing, did you do oh, I think I did it five times. Oh, and the swing out was great. There was the swing back of just just going, am I going to be impaled? Yeah. Yeah, I was I would never never knew. I would, it was and that's the part of being of let's everybody be safe. And if you freak out, I would have probably been impaled because I would have been going, ah, you know, doing doing that type of thing, going, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's you have to be in complete trust of somebody else. Of knowing, you know, I'm doing the stunt, but everybody, you have to be trustworthy, but you have to know what you're, you know, knowing what your crash areas, you know, everything that can go wrong when you're driving a car. Right. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Hopefully it won't go wrong, but it can go wrong. Was that the scariest thing you think you did on that film? No. 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 You, but that was pretty scary. Um, running, let's see, uh, a big 20 foot, see this room? Yeah. All right. Could you imagine a piece of wood flying at you from a tree that we blew up flying at you? Uh-huh. You can. No, I'm I'm with you. Okay. I can't. <laughs> well, can. give me hold right. on. You know what? Give me a second. Maybe I can. Okay. All right. I've imagined. All right. That's a, it's it's a 20 foot it's 20 foot uh what do you how is this this, about, this is probably about 15. 15. Feet. Okay. 15 yeah. feet. Well, give or take 5 feet, I think it's going to kill you if it hits you. Sure, yeah. yeah. So that went flying by me and landed by, within five feet. Like of a piece of splintered trunk from an explosion? Like shrapnel exactly. style? Exactly. But big. But big. Jesus. Yeah. that's. Okay. I kind of said, though, a couple of the words like that. I said a couple of saints mess up. <laughs> you Ewoks really were out there defending we the were, We were. We were. And people go, oh, you guys were just a bunch of pansies. It's like, come here. I'll give, well, kick your you know. I have a question about that because there is this rap that, that Lucas created the Ewoks as kind of a merchandising ploy to sell toys that's and not stuff. stupid. Yeah. How, what do you, where do you fall on that? Like, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? I think it's great. Yeah. You know, it's... He's a smart guy. It's, right. um, I mean, if somebody else isn't going to do it, he did it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I would have li- loved to have gotten part of my merchandising, but my character didn't come out till 20 years after the movie. I so was you are now an guys. action figure. I am now an action Chubray, figure. Chubray, you come Chubray. with the catapult playset, right? Yes, the, the Kmart vintage Star Wars catapult. Was it a Kmart attack. exclusive? It was it? a Kmart exclusive. And I'd never went into Kmart to the toy section. You know, and there was no and internet I never back even then. knew it. Yeah, how would you know? And I then you found out recently, right? Right, recently that I was I was signing autographs at Celebration uh, Anaheim, and uh, a fan comes up and says, hey, "Would you sell? Would you sign this?" And I'm looking at the picture of the of the catapult, and I'm going, "That's me." <laughs> I'm the only one that has a slash over the eye. You're like a I'm reverse like, member from Kiss. It's like the opposite. You've got the one. Who is the member of Kiss that has the one the side? The star. Oh, uh, uh, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of like a reverse Paul like, Stanley. Yeah, I'm kind of like Paul Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. call you the Paul Stanley in yeah. Ewoks. I think he sings just a little bit better than I do. I don't okay. know. Yeah, that's true. I've yeah. heard them unplugged. Yeah. I'm not so sure. But. Okay. So you saw your figure. And I was, I, I, I was like, whoa. But I see I wore seven different outfits because they, they had seen that, that slash all over the place. And so then they started putting me in different outfits. And sometimes uh, it was from an Ewok who had just been wearing that. Oh. Ooh. 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 That was tough, too. Yeah. yeah that's that's tough in a different area. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's one of those, I'm a stunt guy, suck it up. In some ways, the most it's, dangerous part of it. Right, job. you never know. I mean, now we have all these, you know, different viruses that go around, that type of thing. But, well, we did have viruses back then. 
<laughs> Who knows? Maybe I have one of those. I just don't know it. It's just an a brain-eating virus. An Ewok virus. Endorian vi- Endorian. Yeah, you don't uh, know what kind uh, of organisms are on that planet. We were out in, uh, you know, the that area of the woods. We you just never knew what was going to get into your outfit. Too. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you had you Ticks, had all sorts probably, of huh? Ticks, you had you had slugs, you had uh, all sorts of types of bugs, um, you know, uh, just you name it. Think of yourself out in the woods, and the, can that get into your outfit? Yes. <laughs> As a Star Wars fan, what yes. was it like the day you went out and first saw the Scout Walker, just like the full-size Scout Walker in the woods there? I mean, was that? It was like a Disneyland, first yeah. day of Disneyland, just yeah. going, wow. <laughs> You're 22, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I first went to the, and I saw the village, so we had first walked to the village, our first time at the village, and the village is, you know, 30 feet up above at, um, what was it, Pinewood Studios, Uh and we're looking at that, and I was like, well, how do we get up there? And there was an elevator, and the other Ewoks had no idea that. They were all talking about, oh, I'm going to do this stunt. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this stunt. Because they had no idea that there was going to be a whole other set of Ewoks in America. You know, they're English, and they're thinking, oh, that's it. They've made these outfits. They're going to be the guys. And then these four Americans will come walking in. They're like, what the hell are you? So you did go to England to do yeah, some Yeah, I, okay. I did go to England to um, customize the outfits. So, Oh, right, right. That's right. So the four of you are really the only American right. actors that mm-hmm. went of the Ewoks. Okay, interesting. I went, to, I went to there. I found out a couple of different ideas. I watched Carrie and Luke say that whole... You know, I'm I'm your I'm your you're my we're brother sister. and sister, and yeah. it's like whoa. You know, as a fan, you're going whoa. That was then it's like uh, you start thinking about Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> ew. <laughs> like, oh, now we're getting kind of. Did you do much mm. work with uh, either Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford? Um, not really. I mean, Carrie's scene is with Warwick, uh, that big scene there. Um, and then Luke is in the village and then he leaves. He's not much for the indoor stuff. And then I, I did work a little bit with Harrison and mostly with Harrison's stunt doubles, uh, with the different guys doing, doing his stunt doubling. And cause he would come in for the, I think he had, um, I think he had hurt himself on a on a stunt, so he was. I mean, he's a very active guy. Think of it, of how old he is, and he's still doing these active movies. But they were like, well, "Let's let's save you a little bit." You've, he's, it was the end of the movie, and so he was the stunt. You know, he come in for his his you know uh, close ups. But there was that scene where he comes running out of the bunker and jumps over. That's you know, that's you can kind of tell that he's he's got a sore leg. There. Yeah, he he was famously a little burnt out at this point with these movies. Right, but right? he's also yeah. yeah, I mean, he's actually hurt. Oh, wow. you know, and you're and us as fans, you see, you don't even know it at the time. No. Me, no, watching him run, I can tell he's hurt. Okay, um, Warwick Davis, did you work much with him? Yes, he was 11 years old. Is that well, right? Warwick was. I met Warwick in England, and he was a wonderful guy. It, it was just like he it. was such a. I can see why he became wicked. He was just. He was just full of energy. He was just, and he was just, talk about me being excited about what, this This is a 12-year-old kid, thought, wow, and then meeting us, going, wow, you guys are really stunt guys? Wow! And so we would tell him our resume, he'd go, wow! And he was just, he was all excited. And he knew all about the whole history of the Ewoks. He was, you know, he he was, he was a uh, walking encyclopedia on Endor, from Endor. Uh And it was a really neat uh, type of kid. And so when Kenny Baker got ill, he was not able to work that scene. Kenny, um, the production said, you know, let's try Warwick. You know, if you know, if he doesn't do very good, Kenny will be better tomorrow, and we'll just shoot it with Kenny tomorrow. And it's just, it, would, it was a completely different people. I mean, Kenny is a wonderful guy. I yeah, rest see. in peace. I mean, we're yes, recording yes. this Kenny, about a week I mean, after his passing. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was a he's a wonderful guy. Not a I I don't think anybody could ever say an ill will, ill word about Kenny. And to the fans, he would stand and he would have oxygen masks, you know, sucking on oxygen with an actual mask, with you know, wrapped around him. 
And you know, it's like, can I take just take five minutes here and just get some oxygen so I don't die? And then I'll sign all your autographs, and everybody would be in line, and they'd, he'd sign everybody's autographs. Never said, you know, nope, and I'm not going to do it. He would, he would. Uh, but going back to Warwick, he he just had so much energy as a 12 year old boy running up and down on that on that log and doing that type of thing. I think that's where we got. Um, the two movies after that, the Ewok Adventure and the Ewok Battle for Indoor. Which you were in as well. I was in both of them. What is your character's name? Chukatok? Chukatok. 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 I am, I am an oxymoron. I am the badass Ewok. I am the badass ass Ewok out there. <laughs> well, that there's got to be one. There's got to be one. And, and it's so fitting it might, that you would destroy the Empire as it we've be, established. It might as well be the guy that destroyed the Empire. Yeah. So you come back as Chukatok. <laughs> How was Richard Marquand? Because, you know, there's a lot of talk about how much was he the real director? How much was he a stand-in for Lucas? Was your experience? Did it, does it shed any? I don't have light any. I don't have any bad experience. My very first scene with him uh, was going to be the the, the um, we're we're finding him. We're finding that you know they they see us. They've just dropped out of the net, and there's a bunch of Ewoks and. Where I'm over doing the stunts and learning different stunts and doing this, and now I've got other guys trying trying out. We're trying to get some other stunt guys in there. So now I have I've heat on my back. Not only am I going to be the the stunt guy, but now I've got a big arrow. On, I mean, bullseye on my back because everybody goes, "Well, he's he's number one. We're going to go after and try and be better than him." And so I have to try and keep my keep my hot spot up. <laughs> Because you know, if they, if somebody learns something new, we're all learning it new at the same time. Yeah. I was just the lucky guy that got the audition, and so now when we're we're all trying out, you know, they're going, well, let's see if I can do this better than you, and you know, I see. And so we, you're just trying to do this, and so we all lined up, and he was going to pick. It was kind of like a military, um, military um, lineup, and uh-huh. we're going to okay, uh, who's who's um, going to be in this scene. And I was like, ah, oh, son of a god! I don't want to be in the scene. It's a bunch of it's extras. I don't want to do this. So it's my first chance to be actually be in the movie. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he caught that. He realized because I had picked, and he goes, "Hey, you uh, in the back, you right there. You're you're looking rather bored." And I was like, and I was. I mean, he called me out. I was doing. I was bored. Busted. It was, I was busted. So, you know, he's trying to make a good picture, and I'm ruining it. And I was like, oh, son of a gun. Here I'm waiting, you know, my whole freaking lifetime to be in Star Wars. I'm in Star Wars, and the guy sits there and calls me out and says that I'm, I'm bored. I'm boring. I was like, ah! <laughs> then all the other guys go and looking at me going, oh, you blew it. Thanks. Now we got to still stay in these outfits. So now I'm not only, you know, head, high head because I'm the guy, one guy with the, the contract, everybody's looking at me going, thanks for schooning up for all of us, guy. <laughs> you know, now he's mad at everybody. Yeah, so he calls me out, but it was it was for good reason. I couldn't say, I couldn't believe he called me out. No, he called me out for good reason. It, it, was, it, was, deservedly. it was deservedly so, and yeah. I never let him do it. He never, he never said that again. And how was working with Lucas? Because you also rode on the Rose Parade float yes. with him as well, yes, I right? I'm the only Ewok uh, from the... Movie to write in the uh, on the float. Oh, wow. how did that come about? Is it your connection with Pasadena? Uh, I live in no. Pasadena. Oh, okay. No, it just city. was. Uh, a fr- it's funny. A, a, a friend uh, who had stayed in contact with Warwick um, had gotten picked by. They asked Warwick, "Who would you want to pick?" So he had picked a couple of Americans, uh, a guy by the name of Art, Art Gill, and Art called me up and said uh, since you were in the movie do you want to ride on you want to ride on the on the float i was like all right but what is what is neat about that is that lucas about the 501st 501st is the fan base that is uh that the stormtrooper the stormtrooper anything dedicated to the bad guys and he had put out a thing he loves it then they go off to the schools to to um never charging anything they're like they're nerds themselves. They uh, go out and they are, um, you know, accountants, salesmen, uh, teachers, and they dre- they just are like cosplay guys, and they build these outfits to make them look exactly like what they were in the out- in the um, movies. And it's a worldwide organization, and Lucas likes that, and he said, you know what? 
and he put an invitation out to the whole organization, said, if you want to come to Pasadena and march in the Rose Parade, uh, I will put you up, I will fly you out here, I will put you up, and you will march in this massive stormtrooper uh, drill team. And uh, he got a lot of guys to do this, and people flew in from all over the place, and then there was a little 501st convention, and, you know, guys were flying in from South America and Australia and Europe and Asia and, you know, the East Coast and all this, and so it was a grand old time. Trouble was, it's a three-and-a-half-mile track. They're in Stormtrooper outfits, Darth Vader outfits, Bubba Fett outfits, and it's 85 degrees on New Year's Day. They're dying. It was the death march. I'm riding on a float. I'm having a good time. These well, guys it's a little payback. Just, oh yeah. yeah, it was it was all That's right. Fair I, game. I, I was I was but I but I knew that they were doing it. I knew it was out there. I didn't take one break. They said, "Oh, you can take a break." I mean, with a little hut, and they can take a break. Uh, the other guys took breaks. I didn't. I was the one that uh, I was like I'd done this before. I had I decided I was just gonna. Um, you know, you I can take a break on the float. On the float, in walk hut. in, take a little water. I mean, there's, you say yeah. it's a, those outfits get up to be 140, sure. 150 degrees. Oh, good lord! Yeah, oh. yeah. You know, those guys are 85 degrees. We're at 140, 150 degrees. Yeah. So I drank, you know, a gallon of water once the parade was over. <laughs> but I felt it's you know you're waving and you're you're out there and you're um, it's kind of an ode to the fans. Yeah. And I'm I'm. You know, I never thought 30 years later people are still, you know, gaga over Star Wars. You know, it's gaga, you know, usually it's five years. Is anybody gaga over any of the movie that came out then? War games. Are you gaga over war games? <laughs> you know, everybody goes, war games, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, it's anything, any of the movie that came out around that time, you know, we, it's, it's dust. We're, we're, the, we're the movie that still is playing today. Even E.T., Look at E.T. Oh, isn't that cute? No. Jedi is still, you know, will still kick its ass. Yeah, there's nothing like it, and there probably won't be in our lifetime. No, it was the most anticipated movie of all time. It was for I me. mean, at that time. At it that was time, for me, sure. that's for sure. Yeah. I couldn't wait. I have a Revenge of the Jedi poster that I was part of the fan club, and my parents wow. had the foresight to buy it. They bought two. Wow. One disappeared, but I have one of them. And, yeah. I was stupid enough. I saw it, and I thought about it, and I went, and I should have bought it, and I didn't. Uh. Oh, what was fool. what was the difference in production feel for that versus like Caravan of Courage, the Ewok movie? Was it well, quite it was a, different? I well, mean, it was in the in the funny sense when it's a TV show, you have to get it out there and get as much publicity because it's only on once. Yeah, and so you um, you didn't want it to be as quiet. You wanted people to know that they were doing another movie. And what was really cool was since there was only six Ewoks, one, one, two, three, four, yeah, something like that, I had a Winnebago. Oh. I had a Winnebago. I felt like a star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a star wagon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a star wagon. I, I didn't, on the, and during, during Ewok, during Jedi, you know, Big production. I shared a I shared a uh, trailer with ten other guys. And were you guys staying at that Ship Ashore hotel? Ship Ashore, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah that was that was neat because we were all at one place. What was life like there? Because you presumably all kind of knew it was each other. It, we all knew each other, so you already had kind of groups that were together. You had groups that were, you know, it was it was it was a neat uh, kind of a college feel. Yeah, and we had you know this a dorm feel. Yeah, it's a yeah. dorm feel. Yeah. and we had a, we had we had families that were there. We had we had people who had uh, hooked up. We had people who had um, broken up. Uh-oh. We had um, you know we had people who just had known each other for all their lives, and some people who had we knew but we didn't know, you know, and so you got to know them over the course of the time. Yeah, wow. It was a it was a it was a neat experience, and and I think they chose that hotel so that we could be not spread out all over the place but we were all and we took over the whole place this is a it was a big big hotel but then they also had like a museum that was a boat on dry land right right yeah i never went to that it was just <laughs> i think it was i don't know if it was a museum <laughs> it was just it was just it, my, was, uh, it was just a boat it was my just, careful research yeah. that's wow. what it tells me yeah it was a museum yeah, yeah, it's a museum yeah am so, i in there 
<laughs> but that's where we are right now. Oh, okay. Let's talk a bit about Blade Runner. Uh-huh. Blade Runner was, I had started as a street extra, and... Uh, you played wasn't quite Bear, right? Bear, the but, toy. It was, but I started as that, and then Ridley liked my character, and so then he uh, just liked me or something, and then there was another little guy that did like John Allen played Kaiser, and he wrote the part, Home Again, Home Again, Jiggity Jig, and that was my very first line that I ever said. And so we just said, home again, home again, jiggity jig. And a lot of times, what is fun, people say, oh, you're in Blade Runner. What part were you in? I go, home again, home again, jiggity jig. And they go, they know exactly. Yeah. And what's neat is that your first line, a lot of times it's some stupid little movie, and they go, there he is over there. And that was it. That's your first line. But with mine, I go, home again, home again, jiggity jig. And people go, bear. Or they go, Kaiser. I go, no, bear. Yeah. Kaiser was a little guy. 50-50 <laughs> shot. Right. Yeah. What was Ridley Scott like? To me, it was nice. To the crew, it's you know they have different stories. But to me, I have no ill. I mean, the guy wrote me my first part, yeah. my first line. How, how can I say anything bad about the guy? But uh, they, a lot of the crew, just had a tougher time with him in the way that he had done things. He had he had a certain way of directing over in the um, UK. I think they, he can he can take over the camera a little bit more as a director. And in the States, you have to look back and let the camera operator mm-hmm. do that. So that became a big issue of different um, things. But for me, uh, it, was, it was gold. And you're also working on a memoir of your experiences? In right. I'm, I'm working on it as a, as a 22-year-old kid of, of, of a Star Wars fan and becoming the number one stunt guy in the number one movie of the year. It was quite an, a a journey of what I went through, the different of what I've talked about here, the pitfalls, and there's so much other things that I had done, of different scenes of uh, that I'll be t- talking about much more in, in length of different times that I've almost got killed, and other guys <laughs> being extras and running on logs that are, you know, to, when a when a redwood is on its side, it's still 20 feet in the air. And it's covered by moss. We're running with latex feet on this thing. When maybe when it when it comes out, I'll come back on your on your show and we can plug it some more. I would so, love to. Have it. It. I would also be remiss if I didn't thank Rob Beals, who is our very own mid roll staff. It was his wife that made this connection. Rob, say hello. Oh, hello, <laughs> uh, Kevin. Thank you so much for talking. With All me. right, I had a great time. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right, thanks. Thanks again, Kevin Thompson. Well done. Thanks again, Rob Beals, for making that happen. Thanks again, you, for listening. Thanks again, me, for glistening. This brings us to the end of my Star Wars original trilly string of episodes. <laughs> Did I just call that a trilly? I didn't even mean to. Are you OG trilly or prequel trilly? I'm OG trilly to the bone. I'm already sorry it's over. These were films that I wanted to tackle from the beginning. And you can rest assured that I hope to get at them again with different actors or different technicians or whatever the case may be. Who doesn't love these movies? And I know that there's a million more things to talk about with them. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Matt Gorley, as well as I was there too on Twitter. If you have a guest that you can connect me with, please, only email, no Twitter. I don't check Facebook. I was there too, pod at gmail.com. You guys have been helping me out so much. I appreciate it like you can't believe. Thank you. Next episode, all signs are set for a very special 50th anniversary episode. It hasn't been 50 years, but it has been 50 episodes. And I'm working up something very different and hopefully very fun. And I've got my fingers crossed that it all comes together. We'll find out in two weeks. Thank you. And like the two past episodes of this Star Wars trilogy, we're going to go out with a classic sketch from my first podcast, Super Ego. This is the Return of the Jedi Brown B-Wing Squadron sketch. I hope you enjoy. See you soon. All wings report in. Brown 7, standing by. Brown 5, standing by. Brown 8, I'm here. Well, could you say standing by? Well, what else would I be doing if I'm here? I feel like we've got enough enemies in the Empire to fight them. Brown 8, standing by, your majesty. Okay, well, the Empire basically is a monarchy, so you're going to feel pretty stupid when you end up getting... Sh- ah! 
Uh, this is Brown Nine. Can we cut all the bullshit? We uh, just lost our leader, which frankly is fine, because he was just under a court-martial. I heard he stole office supplies. That was one of the charges. He looked at me in the shower in a funny way. Yeah, I know. He also uh, was using an R2 unit for his own personal unit. So, anywho, here come the TIE fighters and the TIE bombers and the Pad TIE, which I ordered a half hour ago. You said be here in 15 minutes. No time for that. Death Star, straight ahead. Guys, it looks like they're under construction. Maybe we should come back later. You're right. We should at the very least pardon their dust. That thing's operational. Brown two, standing by. But guys, I've been on every mission. I feel like I'm a team player. Just grow up. No problem, Brown two. We're gonna grow up with the help of your fertilizer. <laughs> That's Porkins' kid, everybody. That's Porkins' kid. Porkins? Wait, he's fat and shitty? <laughs> you screwed the pooch on the name lottery, by the way, there, Porkins. It's a rebellion assigned call number. I can't help it. I'm Brown two. I'll say. Let's just blow up a Death Star, guys. Tow cable detached. I'm gonna trip this Death Star. I don't think tow cables are the answer this time. Wait till you see me yo-yo this bitch. Fair enough. I feel like I could take on the whole empire by oh, myself. Oh, no, come please. on. Zach, really just dial it down. Die? Dial it, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Satch mode again. Oh, God. And it was an out-of-tune death. I think the shields are still up on that thing. We've got to give him more time. With me, Lobster Man, it's a trap! Oh, God. It was only a matter of time. What am I, a frog beast? Technically, you're a Mon Calamari. Am I a tad man? Half tadpole, half man? Yeah, am I gonna turn into another thing, or is this just it? Wouldn't that make you like a tad boy? Hmm, you raise a lot of interesting questions. Oh, I got shot! That's too bad. I wanted to ask him why he's not a tadpole if he's ashamed of his Polish heritage. Heads up, team. It's getting pretty racist in here. So you're saying tone that down or, like, tone it up? Oh, all right, yeah. Pedal to the metal. Misa Juju stinks. Mammy, you called him Dr. Jones, doll. Oh, no. That pad tie I ordered a half hour ago has decided to show up and shoot everybody. I'm not tie. I'm all-purpose Asian. Jesus Christ, could these shields be any more up? You guys, I brought my chick along. Is that cool? Hey, guys. Oh, oh, I'm just a girl. Look, we're kind of in the middle of something right now, uh, making assault on Death Star number two. Baby, show them how you shoot. Oh, yeah. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. That would have been great if the shields were down. Dude, you're obsessed with these shields. Well, how long can it fucking take? Dude, there's a lady on the comm. Maybe you should watch your language. I apologize. Okay, bye. I'm going to eat a salad. Rebels of the Brown Squadron, this is Death Star Command. Our shields have been down for 15 minutes. God damn it, I knew it. Please end this. Don't underestimate its power, guys. Oh, is that Porkins again? I'm brown too, all right? Well, you know, your dad died. That doesn't make you psychic or anything like no, that. I'm still grieving, so don't be an asshole. Are you grieving or covered in gravy? Oh, <laughs> Foil high five. Get right next to me and we'll hit the foils. Okay. I'm making my attack run. Yeah, this way we'll get our revenge. I'm sorry, our return. God damn it, I have a pretty good feeling about this. Guys, I've just done a space maneuver. There's one on your tail, Brown 2. Gross. I can't shake him. I can't shake him. Do I have to do it here? There. Thank you. For once, I feel like I'm part of the team. I'm making my attack run again. I am too. Not without me. Oh, Elephant Man. How did you get in here, John Merrick? <laughs> I just like to sleep like a regular man. Well, that's not going to do us much good. Will this lady undress for me? <laughs> what, Lady Mon Mothma? Many buttons tied for me to take off this gown. So beautiful. The way your breasts scrape against your belly button. Can we get some more unintelligible characters up in here? This is Quasimodo. I'm right behind you. Oh, for fuck's sake. Boy, it's me, Alfred Hitchcock. How dare you have a meeting 
without me. Anyone else? I'm the camel man. <laughs> so named because my lip is split down the middle. And in many ways are an articulated finger so as to eat bushes on the outback. Ew, he spit on me. That's kind of my thing. He's making his attack run. Spit Peter's away. It's a direct hit. This is it. She's gonna Let's get out of here. I'm Camel Man. I smoke seven packs a day. Jesus. I have the drinky problem, and I beat my dad. It went in! Let's take it home, boys. Yeah, we gotta get back down to Endor so we can launch fireworks. Fireworks, George Lucas. That's how it ends. Like it's 9 p.m. at Disneyland. Fireworks. I love fireworks. Goodbye, everybody. I'm flying into the side of this thing. Holy smoke, crash landing. Oh, yeah. Remember, the Force will be with you. Sometimes. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.